Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Shall we begin? It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational show. Welcome back, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast, produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Go to LimitlessBroadcasting.com and check it out. And what are we talking about today? I'll let you do the intro. Well, I mean, we're in the summer of Muppets. So it's Muppet related. Mm -hmm. Specifically, we are going to be looking at some of the more classic, as in before the 2011 remakes or remakes, classic Muppet movies. I almost said Disney movies. I'm like, that's not right. They are Muppet, mm-hmm. yeah. Muppet, Muppet movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like the original movie, today is not Treasure Island. That's next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Great Muppet Caper. Mm-hmm. And the Muppets Take Muppets Manhattan. Take Manhattan. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those yes. are the three. Mm-hmm. Those are the three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's dive in. Sure. All right. (laughs) Let's start start with the Muppet movie. Since you're struggling a little bit, we're going to start with the Muppet movie from 1979. Okay. We are. Yes. That's the one we're starting with. So how we're going to break them down for actually the next two episodes. We're doing first three kind of main ones this episode. Next episode, we're going to do the other main three. We'll mention some of the randos Mm -hmm. that go on, but they're not like really watch worthy. So we just mentioned that. So how we're going to break it down for you guys is we're going to tell you some trivia because there is some like amazing trivia that goes along with some of these movies. We're going to tell you some of the amazing cameos that are in the movies because you know Muppets and their their guest stars and cameos. And then of course we'll end with me and Sammy's thoughts and favorite things or maybe unfavorite things about the movies. So uh-huh. it's going to be a fun time. 
So the Muppet movie, like she said, the original from 79, I think even on like Disney Plus, it says Muppet movie original on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it, it makes us make sure we know. Jim Henson spent an entire day in a 50 gallon steel drum submerged in a pond for the opening scene of Kermit the Frog in the swamp. I would be so claustrophobic. Oh, that sounds awful. Like, uh-uh. that is a lot. Yeah, I mean, it looks very cool in the movie. But, God. ugh, no, no. It took a whole day. It's, ugh. No, no, That's no. so horrible. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, starting off with yeah. a bang there. Mm-hmm. Poor, poor Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. But Kermit the Frog playing the banjo while sitting on a log took five days to shoot. So he didn't at least have to be in that steel drum for all five of the days. He ju- it just for one of those days. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing it took that long to like get it set up and put all the, the mechanicalness that needed to be in there, figure out how the heck they were going to have Kermit look like he's playing a banjo. There was an alligator that was in that scene. Yep. Almost, almost ate the, the Hollywood... Which I always wondered, why is there a Hollywood talent agent in the middle of a swamp? I don't understand. If you're going to question everything that happens in the Muppets, we're in for a very long couple of episodes. Okay, fine. I'll keep going. Because <laughs> there's a lot more that happens. There's, in my mind, you just, you don't question the things. You're just you like, just... yeah, he's on vacation in a swamp. With okay, a well, if I, if I start questioning again, just, just. Shut me up because I I will end up questioning something. I know it's gonna happen with both of us, trust me. Because yeah. there it's just it's the the Muppets for you. You know. It is. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jim Henson was determined to use the larger budget of a feature film to push the technological limits and capacities of puppetry. Mm-hmm. One of the most difficult feats, and you would I guess now thinking about it, it makes sense. But one of the most difficult feats was making Kermit ride a bicycle. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I never thought about this being difficult, but yeah, that makes sense. Cause normally they're underneath them, like having them do the things like, mm-hmm. how did he make him ride a bike? Mm-hmm. Good yep. thing. If you want to know, look it up. Cause I didn't, I looked up something, something not, not for this one though. Oh, it's going to, no, it's for the next one. So I will oh, have more, I will okay, have we'll something to add about the bike riding. Well, the bike riding, this isn't the only one there was bike riding for some sort of no. Muppet. There's multiple bike ridings for yeah. Muppets. Mm-hmm. So the movement was an allegory for Jim Henson's rise to fame. So when he wrote this and put this together, it was kind of like his, like, Kermit, I guess, was kind of him and kind of his rise, which kind of makes sense. I mean, Kermit is one of his main characters that he plays, so... And it's all about them becoming famous. Skipping to the end, the closing reprise of Rainbow Connection featured a crowd of more than, get this, 250 Muppet characters. They had created over 200 Muppet characters. They were all in here. That's crazy. So, yeah, virtually every Muppet that had been created up to that point was in this scene. And according to Jim Henson's archivist, Karen Falk, 137 puppeteers were enlisted from the Puppeteers of America, along with the regular Muppet performers to perform every Muppet that was in it. It's a a lot. Crazy. It's a lot. Oh, this one kind of made me sad. Mm -hmm. This really made me sad, this next one, guys. Mm Because, okay, 
if you haven't listened to our Muppets yet, well, two of my favorite characters are Statler and Waldorf. I think they're hilarious. Sometimes I think they're the best Muppets that we got. Uh-huh. And they deleted a subplot of them in this movie. They deleted the subplot that followed Statler and Waldorf, who turned up at various points in the movie to comment and heckle the main action. Do you know how much better the movie would have been? I mean, the movie's great, but it would have been, been so hilarious. much better. So funny if they just like bopped up at random places. Because I mean, complain. The Muppets already break the fourth wall, like, 24-7. Like, mm-hmm. they're making a movie, and they comment on the fact that they are making a movie. Mm-hmm. So Statler and Waldorf would have just added to that. Yeah, I agree. When I saw that, I was just like, oh. Whoever pulled the plug on that, hoping it was not Henson himself, but whoever did, you're on my, you're on my blacklist. Just huh. FYI. Last uh, bit of trivia for this movie. It is the highest-grossing Muppet movie with $65.8 million. That was its first run. And then since then, like up to well, a the, certain point. No, I wait. added this. Yeah. So, cause I realized I did a much better job explaining this and all the other ones. So Go for it. Yeah, I got you. Okay. So in 2014 dollars, if you account for inflation, the movie grossed $241 million. So if you go wow. off of that, because it makes more sense to compare the Muppet movies with the inflation included to compare yeah. which movie performed the best. Because when I originally looked it up, the 2011 movie looks like it performed the best. But when you count for inflation, this movie did. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, that, I'm glad you looked this up. Because as I'm reading this, I'm like, I didn't put this. I, I, I forgot I to this. say, I added something <laughs> here too. I did that literally like an hour ago. <laughs> Okay, that's why. I'm like, I looked over this this morning and that was not there. It sure wasn't. No, I was just like, oh, I should look up the totals. Yeah, I forgot. It it makes sense that this one is the best because yes, to say that the 2011 one like tech, like grossed better. I'm like, "Eh." exactly. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't original good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this made more sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, girly, you wrote the cameos. Whether you know them or not, go for it. Let's see how this goes. Okay. <laughs> so, as we stated at the beginning of the movie, actor Dom DeLuise, I don't really know him, know him. I recognize his name. but He's recognizable. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I can tell you, like, all the movies he's been in. But I'm like, oh, I know that name. He played Bernie, who was the Hollywood agent that was randomly in the swamp that met Kermit. And his name was a reference back to Bernie Brillstein, which was the talent agent producer of The Muppet Show, who we mentioned when we talked about The Muppet Show movie. I mean, TV mm-hmm. show. Sterling already. The Muppet TV show. Because if you remember, we said the first season, they had to reach out to Bernie to get guest stars. So what did no, he-, he is. <laughs> What would what else was he in? Because he looked familiar. No, it's not. I don't think we know what he's in. It's yeah. the fact that he's the father of David, Peter, and Michael Deloise, mm-hmm. who I don't remember if it was David or Peter, but one of them was the if you have you seen oh Johnny Depp's TV show? Oh Jump Street, Jump Street. Uh, 21, Jump, 21 Street. Jump Street. He's the main guy with like his his partner's Johnny. One of the sons is his partner, Johnny, in 21 Jump Street. Uh-huh, his okay. other son was the father of Selena Gomez in Wizards of Waverly Place. Mm. And then his third son was 
in Gilmore Girls. So Jess's mom's husband. Yes. He's a stepfather. So those all three are siblings and this is their dad. Okay. See, look at that. Tying it all we have some Disney tie-ins. We're good. Tying it all together. Look at that. Like when, when I saw the last name, I'm like, Deloise, I know that last name. I know. Name. That's what I'm saying. I was just like, I am familiar okay. with this. I, I feel smart now. <sighs> Yay. All right. There you go, people. We did a whole loop. That family loop. <laughs> All right. The second one who was well-known was Bob Hope. He was the ice cream vendor, the gay Fozzie bear, the ice cream. Richard Pryor was the balloon vendor at the fair. And he's the one who sold the balloons to Gonzo. Obviously, I'm sure everyone recognized Steve Martin as the waiter. Which was hilarious. So funny. I'm sorry, but he was one of my favorite parts because he was just so rude <laughs> to them. It worked. Mel Brooks was the professor slash mad scientist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It, mm-hmm. it just no. clicked. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's Dean. This is why I double checked the stuff. Floris Leachman was Miss Tracy, who was the secretary. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Big Bird wandered through in the middle of the movie they mm-hmm. did not pick him up but they attempted to um <laughs> milton burl was madman mooney and elliot gould who i never remember his name sorry for all the older listeners out there but he's on friends he is dad for monica and ross i was like blanking on their names yeah he's Ooh. dad Okay. Yeah. So Elliot Gold was the one who announced the pageant winner, which was Miss Picky. He's in a bunch of other stuff too. I don't know what yeah. it is, but I know he's, he's been in other stuff. He's also in another Muppet movie coming out. So we will see him again That's shortly. True. Yes. And then Frank Oz, I did not realize, just randomly pops up in these movies as well. He was uh, one of the bikers that beat up Fozzie, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> hilarious funny. and like ashley just said with all of the muppet characters that appear at the end credits we see big bird again along with all the sesame street characters but mm-hmm. you gotta really hunt for them because there's a lot of characters but they're kind of like up in a back corner i found a picture of it yeah kind of together the yeah they're all a little clustered together so you can keep an eye out for that if you rewatch this movie towards the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's all i got mm-hmm. for humans for this one I'm- why don't you go ahead and segue into your opinion? All right. My favorite slash opinion thingies from this movie. <laughs> so to me, when the movie, this is not my favorite Mubba movie, but I like the way it opens. I feel like it actually sets the tone for just the Muppets in general, because you see the studio and then as they zoom in, you see all these people walking around and Muppets walking around just like it's an everyday thing, right? They don't, Mm -hmm. they're not surprised to see Muppets walking around. And then they're in a movie theater watching the movie that we're about to watch, which you can't think about this stuff too hard because it's just, it's a, it's a little mind boggling. Then you try and piece it together in your brain. But I think that was very good since we know this one from the show to the movie, it's a very good way to kind of tie it all together because it's very Muppet-esque. It felt very Mm -hmm. familiar, I guess, if you went from one to the other. Yeah. The opening song, Rainbow Connection. That is one of my favorite Muppet songs ever. <laughs> Even though a frog is singing it in the middle of a swamp. It's just so lovely to listen to. I feel like mm-hmm. when you hear it, it just warms your heart to listen to. And then the ending, 
when you have all the Muppets and knowing I read your trivia before I rewatched it, mm. knowing that Jim Henson was like tying this, it kind of tied into his rise. I was yeah. like, oh, it just kind of gets you more in the feels now when you see all yeah. the things he's done, all the Muppets together. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, okay. All right, Jim Henson. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. Also, as you mentioned, I will never not be amazed when I see Muppet riding a bicycle. That just in the the Muppet show at the Hollywood Studios when they're in the background, I'm always just mm-hmm. looking for them because I it's just so cool that they came mm-hmm. up with that. You know, that Jim Henson had this yeah. idea and then he figured it out and he did it. Yep. This one in particular, as far as the movies go, I, the Muppets are corny. They're always mm-hmm. corny, very cheesy. Yeah. But I felt like this one especially had the corny jokes in it. Like, oh, Fozzie announces there's drinks on the house. So everybody runs to the roof of the bar and then look around and they're confused about where the drinks are. When you get to the fork in the road, Fozzie, go left. And there's a literal fork in the road. And then Gonzo gets in the car and he's hopping up and down. And Fozzie says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm hopping mad. It just, that stuff makes you laugh because it's just, it's silly, but it's just, it's so Muppets. But I feel like out of all the 70s. Yes. And I think that's part of it too, is the 70s. Because I think out of all of these movies, this one had the like cheesiest kind of Mm -hmm. jokes, visual gags, things like that. Mm -hmm. You are going to mention this as well. So I'm just going to briefly mention. We can talk about it. Yeah. Miss Piggy and Kermit. Still weird. Yeah. Yeah. The the love at first sight. I'm just like, really? Really? Okay. Yeah. Just they spot each other in a crowd. And you want it to be like this big romantic moment. moment. But I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't either. It makes me laugh. I can't. And Robbie was like half watching these with me and he's just like, I don't understand why a frog and a pig are together and I was just like nobody does <laughs> it's it's not something I can explain to you doesn't make sense yeah yeah well, and she's she's so mean to him and is oh my gosh she leaves him yes. for a commercial I was self-absorbed and then when it doesn't work out guess who's back guess who jumps right back into the car oh Kermie can we get a kiss no and I'm like, good for you, Kermit. Good job, good Kermit. For you. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Side note off of this movie. Have you watched any of the original episodes of the show yet? No, I didn't get around okay. to it yet. I've gotten through the first season. Like okay. I skipped around, but I, I got through the first season. Mm-hmm. And Piggy is like, well, she doesn't show up as much at the first season, which right. we talked about in like one of the episodes, but she is like head over heels in love with Kermit. And Kermit, every single time he's like, I don't, I don't have time for you. Like their actual like beginning relationship is him saying no, like uh-huh. you need to move on. I'm worried about my career. Mm-hmm. I have no romantic interest in you. I'm like, I'm like, dang it. And so that season ended, I think first season or second season, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like kind of ran into them filming this. And uh-huh. I guess they kind of decided to change their dynamic. But the first season, I loved it. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Kermit was not like over in love with Miss Piggy in the show. Well, he kind of does it a little bit coming up too, because when we get to the the Muppets take Manhattan, 
Yeah. It's a little bit like that. Cause she's like, I thought we were getting married. And Kermit's just like, yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, Mm-mm. no, we got, but, but he does like her. Yes. He does like want a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And in the show, he wanted nothing to do with her except for her doing her skits. <laughs> he would cut her scenes in the first season <laughs> of the show. I feel bad because I know Miss Tweaky is very popular, but this is pretty funny to me. It's so funny to me. Like, if you watch the first season and you're uh-huh. a Miss Piggy fan, you are going to hate it because he cuts her he cuts her scenes from the show because the guest stars are more popular and more talented than her mm-hmm. and just all the things. It is so funny. I'm not yeah. a big Miss Piggy fan. That's why I find it funny. <sighs> she has her moments, but generally... Yeah, I'm not. She's not on my top of my list for yeah Muppets. Oh, and then the last thing was just I love the ending, which I yeah I've already said. So your turn. Yeah. So I already kind of said this, but I do love the original. Like Sammy, it's not my favorite Muppet movie, but it is like I don't know. There's something about an original movie that I always kind of hold on to and love because mm-hmm. it's their first it's kind of that director and writer's first born it's always the best no matter what mm-hmm. and I I do love it I love how they break the fourth wall I mean Muppets have been doing that in the show and they mm. do that really throughout most of their movies yep. but I just think it's fun when they break the wall break that fourth wall and mm-hmm. I mean for crying out loud they're talking about the movie themselves they're watching the movie that they just made and just all the things so that's always a favorite for me they they um, literally and remember they gave the script to the band when they found them yeah just like oh here this is what's going on so you don't ruin it for the audience just like what is happening they, they're <laughs> reading it out loud on the screen and they even read their own parts i'm like guys 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 <laughs> it's so funny it's so weird yeah exactly <laughs> what did i say for i said it's always fun how they what oh okay i get yeah. what i I put two in one. Mm-hmm. I love how they find everyone along the way. I think it's so cool that they're kind of like picking them up and kind of hitchhike sort of deal when it was, you know, a lot, well, somewhat safer, but they're just kind of collecting all these different friends and picking Kermit. Like, like I, like she said, it, it's always a weird and interesting and disturbing mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And when we get to, oh my gosh, which one is it? Christmas Carol, when they have kids, kids. That'll be a fun conversation. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that right now. There's Moving on to the that. next movie. <laughs> There's time oh for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, this is Robert Brooksby from Limitless Broadcasting and the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain. Your donations allow us to deliver high quality content to you, the listening audience. So, Please head over to LimitlessBroadcasting.com today and donate so we can deliver high-quality content to you tomorrow. Thanks, and let's get back to the show. So after the success of this movie, they dived into another movie right away. The next movie is called The Great Muppet Caper. It was made, or it came out in 81. So this one, this one was so much fun. Like I've only watched this maybe once or twice when I was a kid. So when I rewatched it for this episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot how fun this movie is. Like I need to watch this again. But here's some fun trivia. The Great Gonzo's classification as a 
whatever is officially cemented in this movie as this is the label affixed to his shipping crate en route to Great Britain. Mm-hmm. I love that, that number one, okay, not do we just have like a pig and a frog in love. In this movie, a bear and a frog are identical twins. I can't get over that. That I, is one of the funniest things to me. So weird. It's, it's hilarious, but it's so weird. I mean, then Gonzo's their photographer, which makes total sense to have Gonzo as the photographer because yeah. photographers get annoying and up in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm a photographer. Aha, you would know. <laughs> I would. <laughs> so, and then director Jim Henson did not like the working title for this movie. So, The Great Muppet Caper was not the original title, it was Muppet Mania. Mm-hmm. which is weird. It doesn't go along with the movie at all. No. And had various friends, staff members, and relatives suggest titles for the movie. Some of the most interesting titles included the Rocky Muppet Picture Show. That doesn't make any sense. No. Nothing. No parallels. Nope. And a Froggy Day in London. That's kind of funny. <laughs> That's cute, but it still doesn't but go along with the theme. No, it's not. That's, I think there's no. a caper going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The winning title was suggested by 19-year-old Lisa Henson, who came up with a great Muppet capade, but also included several alternative choices of words, including escapade, escapade, I don't know, some some word, I don't know, and caper. Mm-hmm. So came from Lisa. I'm thinking that's, yeah, that was his daughter, right? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yes. We talked about this. Yeah. I didn't put much trivia for this one. There wasn't much mm-hmm. like interesting trivia. It was all just like randomness. Mm-hmm. You figured out the numbers. Yes. This one is the third highest adjusted gross Muppet movie. So okay. It made 31.2 million, which when you adjusted is 104. So. So that's really sad from 81 to 2011. That's 70 mil difference. Mm-hmm. That's how much inflation has happened. It's kind of ridiculous when you look at these numbers. Yes. It kind of depresses me a little bit. Just, mm-hmm. just FYI. <laughs> yeah. Very depressing. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that for sure. Oh my goodness. There's some great cameos in this movie as well. Yes. So you have John Cleese as Neville, who is sitting around in his house with his wife while Miss Piggy breaks in. Yes, we'll, we'll get to this. Robert Morley as, he literally says man by pond. I'm like, they didn't even give the character a name. He's just man by pond. Peter, I don't think I know who this is. Peter Ustinov as a truck driver. I'm not sure I know who he is. I'm I want to look up a picture because I don't know him. Yeah. Peter Falk was the disheveled gentleman. Oscar the Grouch, if you didn't notice. If mm-hmm. you haven't seen this movie, he also makes a quick appearance. And Frank Oz is back. This time he was working. And I don't remember where he was in this one. I apologize because I thought I would remember and I don't remember. But Frank Oz makes a cameo in this too. So my bad. And so does Jim Henson. So did you notice Jim Henson? I noticed him as soon as he popped on screen. I feel like I did, but I don't remember where I saw him. He's in the dinner scene. He's sitting there and Gonzo comes up to take his picture. I don't know who he's sitting with, but. Yeah, he walks up yeah. and I was like, it's Jim Henson. And mm-hmm. that actually, I think is what reminded me when I was watching this one, oh, there's cameos that I should be writing down because I, I mm-hmm. recognized some of the people in the last one and I was just like, well, if we're going to talk about it. 
Well, and and the main guy, you don't even have this. Oh, what's his name? He plays Nikki. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't put like the main stars. I put like the pop-up ones because I thought that was fun when they were just like side characters. I know, but this, I can't remember his, his I don't real name, what, but his actual name he plays Nikki. He's Beethoven, the dad mm-hmm. in Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He always cracks me up. And again, him and a pig and ugh. What is with that? I don't understand. I don't know. He like fell in love with Piggy. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't understand why. Get it. Yes. Apparently Piggy's more woman than us. It's a Muppet movie. You have to have <laughs> disbelief. Remember this. Fine. You know, it's probably in her contract. I must have a second love interest besides <laughs> There must be someone else to make Kermit jealous. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I yep. think. <laughs> My opinion. All right. Well, well, I guess I'll do my other opinions. <laughs> besides that Might one. as well. So I love, love Kermit, Fozzie and Gonzo together as a trio. It was awesome and hilarious. Mm-hmm. And the whole twin thing was so stupid. And I was literally trying to explain it to Robbie. I'm like, they're, t- they're twins. And he's just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you can't think about it too hard. But I think the best part was like at the beginning when Fozzie takes his hat off and the boss is just like, you don't even look alike. And then Kermit's like, oh, he has to put the hat back on. And Fozzie puts the hat on and the guy's like, oh, I see it now. What? I don't understand. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I love with the Muppets because it's absurd, but it's grounded in reality. And it just it just works so well Mm -hmm. together. You spoke about the fourth wall in the last movie. This one, it to me, it almost felt like I know there's a fourth wall, but it almost felt like we were more part of the movie because it mm-hmm. felt like we were more drawn into everything that was happening. I mean, they literally the entire beginning song is telling us what's about to happen in the movie. Like they're explaining to us what's going on in mm-hmm. like, you know, including us in it. And then they make references constantly again to the plot points. They don't bring out script this time, but. They're constantly referring to the fact that they're in a movie or that they're saying dialogue to advance the plot along so we can follow mm-hmm. along and know what's going on. And that yep. I just, I think this type of Muppet movie, I like the best when there's that fourth wall, that audience interaction. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking as I was rewatching them. Those movies I prefer over mm-hmm. the ones where they don't reference us as an audience. Yeah. And oh boy. So the whole Kermit picky date night is my favorite thing in the entire movie. It is so freaking funny. And mm-hmm. again, we just talked about Miss Piggy's not necessarily our favorite character, but in this, this whole dynamic with her, oh my gosh, it was so funny from, from her talking to him, first of all, in the audience to set up, or in the office to set up the date. And she's just like, where do you think I live? Yep. That's it. Yep. 17, whatever it was. And then when she gets well, to the, the fact house, that it was an actual address, yes, crazy. I, I know I'm like, first of all, it's real. And then secondly, when we're sitting and watching it, right. And then Robbie's like, why didn't she just wait outside for him? And I was like, that would be the logical thing to do. Right. Is to stand in front and be like, oh, I was waiting for you. Let's go. I don't mm-hmm. have time for the house tour. I'd really like to get to dinner or some, some made up stuff. No, this freaking lady this pig is like, I'm going to crawl up the side of the house and break in. And I think it's even better that you have someone like John Cleese involved in the scene because they picked really good actors for a lot of these movies that are great mm-hmm. with absurd situations. 
and making it feel real. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a pig climbing up the side of the house. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my goodness. It just, I was dying laughing between him and her. And then when he catches them in the closet and is there something I could help you with? Yes. You may recommend a restaurant. I'm just like, what is going on right now? Oh, he just recommends a restaurant. Yes. Well, it's, it's more, I can't remember what, how they described it, but oh my gosh, I was just dying laughing at this entire thing. And then the fact that they spent so much time getting Kermit dressed up to look fancy for his very fancy day. And then they go outside and they get on that stupid bus from the hotel with every freaking Muppet possible stuffed on there. Well, that's because Fozzie and Gonzo pretty much like con him into yes. them coming, but then they're like, instead, she met, he just met Fozzie. And Fozzie's like, guys, we can go. And it's which like, I no. also put, yes, which I also put, basically, they crashed the, the date. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, okay, they don't really have money, but I'm just like, they keep lucking into free things. So I thought he would have found some like free way to take her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it just, that entire thing, I just was dying laughing at it. And a good callback from the first movie during the end credits. So during the first movie, if you haven't seen it, during the end credits, they feature the Muppets the entire time in the theater and they're all talking to each other and interacting Mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing. So Lou Zealand, who is the little yellow crazy looking Muppet who always has the fish. Yeah, he's very weird looking. Okay. But But in the credits in the first movie, he says something to Kermit about, can you put me in the next one? And Kermit says, yeah, I'll give you a part in the next one. And sure enough, he has a part in this one. And I was just like, of course, it was just a good, it was a good tie-in. It's just like one of those little things that I remembered. And then when I watched the second one, I was like, there he is. He's got his bigger part. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, I just, this one is one of my top Mm -hmm. movies. And I haven't, like you, I just hadn't watched it in a while. And when I was watching it, I'm like, why have I not seen this in forever? Mm -hmm. And I keep watching the same ones over and over again. And this one, oh, it was hilarious the whole way through. Uh, so yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you covered pretty much everything that I love about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't put much in my favorite things and it's because I just didn't know how to express it. I figured yes. I'll express it on camera. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's such a fun movie. You got this diamond heist that's happening and it's the models. Like seriously, it's the brother and the models. It's like, oh, dear yep. mm-hmm. And just the fact that who's playing Nikki, I can't remember his name, but he's just a great actor for that. I love when all of a sudden they like get dressed up to go break into the museum that's already getting broken into. The breaking into the house is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just all of it. Like it's, it's just a fun movie. And yeah, it's definitely one of my top faves. It's one that I will watch over and over again. Yeah, so I'm cool. definitely going to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I realized I forgot during the trivia thing to talk about the bikes because this one has oh. a big bike scene where it's like, I don't know how many Muppets in a group. It does. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead and talk about it before group. we go to take Manhattan. So, yes. So, and I'm, it's on my phone. That works. <laughs> because it was a lot. And I was like, I'm not going to put this in the notes. So it said, okay, for the first movie, when they did it, they basically had Kermit, from what I understand, he was like a marionette. So they would kind of guide him from the top to do the shots and whatnot. And so there was like invisible wires and and all that. And then for the close-up shots, obviously they did the hand puppet, which makes 
mm -hmm. and how they filmed it. So for the second one, they use a combination of radio controlled bikes, marionette rigging. And in some cases, they literally attach the bikes together with rods. So they would sit upright on their own. So when they're all riding together, they basically shove them up on the bikes, hooked them together and pulled them. And my favorite part of this was that Brian Henson helped pull it on an oversized tricycle. He was one of the, the <laughs> bikes that was helping to pull oh, some funny. of the bikes. So yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting because I'm just like, it still baffles me how they do it. But for the end, when that scene came up, I was just like, there's so many of them and they're all on bikes. But it I makes sense how they're doing this. They work them together and whatnot. I still yeah. had to do that because I don't know how this would. Yeah, they had to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, last movie for this episode. Yes. The Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I've ever watched this movie until for this episode. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't think it was ever introduced to me when I was younger. Yeah, I watched all the other ones, but this one was my first time ever watching it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I feel about it still. We'll talk about it when we get to my, we my will. opinions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the trivia. So this one, and this is probably why I don't know how I feel about it. Because this is the first Muppets movie in which the fourth wall is literally never broken. They don't talk to us. They don't act like it's a movie. Like, it's literally a fiction, normal movie story. It's just so boring for the Muppets. Yeah. Sorry, I just... Uh... I agree. Okay. And the kennel. So, okay. So if you haven't seen them up, it takes Manhattan. They go to college together. They have this play. They want to go to Broadway and put it on Broadway. Doesn't work out. And everyone's like, we can't just expect Kermit to take care of us anymore. We all need to go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. So they all go their separate ways. We think P Piggy goes her separate ways. She does not. Bum, but bum. anywho. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so the so Rolf, the dog, is at a kennel where he's working and has several dogs in labeled cages. Two of the cages say Jim and Frank in honor of Jim Henson and Frank Oz. And there's some other names on there. And they're all like Muppet dogs when they talk. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. Mm -hmm. Rizzo the Rat appeared throughout the final season of The Muppet Show and along with Scooter as the Happiness Hotel bellhops in The Great Muppet Caper, but this is his first major role mm -hmm. with the Muppets, which is awesome because I do love Rizzo the Rat, and it does take him a while to kind of get to us. So he he was probably my favorite in this movie. And his first appearance was more wise guy personality, which is true. Like, it just, it made sense for who he was in the mm -hmm. movie. This is the only Muppet movie not to have any sort of central antagonist. It's more of just trying to make it. And then this is the last Muppet movie to feature Sesame Street Muppets. Mm -hmm. So after this movie, like when they get into, because the next couple that we do are like cameo, well, not cameos, what are they? Retellings, not cameos. Mm -hmm. uh, retellings of classic stories yep. in, in movie form. Mm -hmm. So this is the last time they bring in the Sesame Street Muppets mm -hmm. because of that. But it just, it was, it was okay. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. Mm -mm. No. Yeah. And <sighs> I, Sammy did this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is the fifth highest adjusted gross Muppet movie. So originally it made twenty five point five million. Adjusted, it made seventy point four million. And so, there's eight total Muppet 
like big Muppet movies. We're ignoring. Is that including 2011 and 2013 or 14? So these, that's what I'm saying. Like the bigger ones, it doesn't include, which we'll talk about next episode. Those little things that you have, you know? Yeah. So if you think about it, it was not everybody's favorite because it was fifth out of eight. So. Well, okay. That makes me wonder. I'm like, what are worse? Because in my mind, this should be like, we eight. This should be like six. Mm-hmm. This one, and then there's two other ones that should mm-hmm. be down there. Yeah, me nope. specifically, Muppets from Space should be like but at the bottom. <laughs> it, it, you will find out next episode. Oh, oh, but, but I won't spoil it <laughs> on air. <laughs> okay, maybe off air. <laughs> yes. Oh goodness, you got some good cameos when you wrote yeah. it down. Yeah, this was another good one with cameos just like the mm-hmm. previous one although again i think the previous one was still funnier as far as how they used yeah. the cameos but you had joan rivers as eileen who worked with miss piggy until they that was fired uh, elliot gold makes his appearance again this time he is a cop coming into the um diner liza minnelli mm-hmm. just pops up and she plays herself which was kind of funny because Carmen took her picture off the wall and she's like asking the restaurant owner why she offended him. And he's super confused. That was pretty funny. That was funny. Brooke Shields was randomly a customer. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it was very random. That's why I included Young, yeah. young Brooke Shields. She's so young. Yes. It's crazy. This had to be when she was a model. This had to be like some yes. of her first like camera work. For sure. Because she was or a movie very or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Francis Bergen was the receptionist. Ed Hawk was himself. Heather, who is a daughter. I don't, again, mm. I don't know the order of these kids, but mm. Heather Henson was serving drinks at the beer hall. Okay. Jim Henson was once again in this. This is much trickier. So I could understand missing it because if I didn't look this up ahead of time, I would have not noticed. Yeah, I wouldn't have noticed. He was dry. He was the carriage driver when Miss Piggy and Kermit are sitting in their little makeshift date in the carriage, which mm-hmm. you can kind of see it, but they never do a close up of him. It's never acknowledged no. that he's even there, but he was the driver. And I thought that was kind of a clever way to include him. Mm hmm. Let's see. Frank Oz. This time I knew where he was. Okay. So Frank Oz was on the board when Kermit was making his presentation. Well, he was Phil. Yeah. (laughs) When they were making their soap presentation, he was on the board. So he was in that room. Big Bird first popped up. I don't know if you, it's like a blink and you missed it, but he was a toy in the Muppet Babies scene when they were Mm -hmm. seeing. I saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the first appearance of him and then he obviously appears at the end like you were talking about as a member of the group with the Sesame Street cast and Mm -hmm. then we don't see them again in the movies we don't no Mm -hmm. yeah that's the other thing I forgot to put on there this is the first time the Muppets babies are like presented and then it becomes like a tv show which I remember our Muppet baby tv show growing up yes but I can't find it anywhere all I see now is the new one one. that makes us I'm like eh it's not Muppet Babies yeah. to me. I remember the old one fondly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. working on that. All right. So, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> For my opinions and favorite things. The very beginning when they're making their presentation to the fake, mm-hmm. whatever his title is. The fake producer. The producer. Yes. Thank you. The 
when he's trying to leave. Animal had me dying laughing because you just look and he's just in the doorway. I was like, oh my gosh, that would scare me personally trying to get out of the doorway. And then the way that he's on the guy's feet, I just wrote down, Mm -hmm. he's a true psychopath, laugh out loud. I thought it was very funny and very fitting for the animal character. And it just had me cracking up at the beginning. (laughs) And then, oh, when I was watching Rizzo and his friends, Mm -hmm. they got the patrons complained about them being in the front. So they got moved to the back and they were cooking. And I was just like, did this inspire Ratatouille? Hmm. That's a good question. Because mm-hmm. that was like, look, they were doing a much worse job. <laughs> yeah. A bit with the, I would not eat that food. Sorry. They were falling <laughs> into the food. No, thank you. That was not horrible. No, it was pretty gross. But I just, that's the first thing popped in my head was, I was like, oh, this is like Ratatouille, except less just organized. Yeah. Ugh. When they were all split up, all the Muppets, mm-hmm. Scooter was working at a movie theater. And I have no idea why the Swedish chef was working at this movie theater with him. They had to get him in somewhere. Man. Yes. And I'm very glad that they did stick him there because my first thought, because I haven't seen this in a while. My first thought was like, why is he there? And then he's got the 3D glasses on. He starts throwing the popcorn up and making all the cracks about the Mm -hmm. 3D popcorn. And I think it was mostly just the voice and the way the Swedish chef is that had me cracking up at that. I'm just like, this is so stupid with him just throwing in the air. And I'm like, he's not even doing anything productive. And I felt bad for Scooter. He had a very hard time. You could tell the movie. (laughs) You know what I've been really funny for Swedish chef? Hmm. Is if he was working at that diner, I right, and he had to work with the rats. That mm-hmm. would have been hilarious. I know. I'm kind of surprised they had a whole diner while he was not a cook at the diner. It's I'm very a little, weird. Yeah, I'm a little, a little disappointed on them. Yeah, but, uh, but again, then we wouldn't have the 3D popcorn moment, which did have me laughing. This so, is true. You know who knows? But yeah, I thought it was. That's why I said that it's a strange placement for him. But mm-hmm. yeah. I did enjoy the Miss Piggy spying on Kermit. I thought that those scenes were pretty funny, especially when she's got the whole outfit on and she's staying in front of the construction workers, just staring at him so intently. She's crazy. She's she literally is. a nut job, but that was, that was pretty funny. Well, the construction workers like are, ha- okay, again, Heckling. Yes. has to be in her contract because contract. Yes. Because what, what? What construction workers gonna heckle a pig? And they, were, they started heckling her. There's like three or four of them. Yeah, I was gonna say there's like four of them that started. Yeah, doing it. and they were like they were whistling and heckling and all the things, and then she goes and beats them up. That was great. Or yeah. beats up what she beat up. Well, she beat she, up something, and they all got like scared a barrel. right away. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she yeah. started hitting a barrel because Kermit was like, "What's that noise?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, it's New York. Who knows? It's construction. Oh, whatever." Yeah, that was pretty funny. I do like. When Miss Piggy gets mad sometimes, it is pretty entertaining. It is. Oh, during the Muppet Baby scene, Baby Gonzo and Ralph were what did it for me as far as the cuteness factor. And all the babies obviously are are just going to be cute. But when little Mm -hmm. Ralph popped up and he was so fuzzy, I was like, oh, I need you in my life. Like, I want a little (laughs) fuzzy Ralph right now. It was so great. And I think Gonzo was just because his nose was so big. And his eyes are so big. They're so cute. Oh, it's so adorable. So cute. Yeah. I I did not enjoy the Miss Piggy baby as much, if I'm being honest. I think her head was very large. (laughs) It 
it, I felt like she was going to fall over constantly because the head was so big. Yeah. Sorry, Miss Piggy. And this movie, we had an incredible Gonzo moment. And I love Gonzo, obviously. And yeah, even though the trick didn't work even remotely like it was supposed to. When did the outfit, But, you know, he had the, the outfit and everything. And we didn't really get that in the last two movies. We didn't have an incredible Gonzo. Gonzo yeah. was doing other silly things. But this was our incredible Gonzo moment. So, yes, I was happy to see that in this movie. Yeah. But really, when does any Gonzo tricks ever work? I understand. They always backfire. That's why he's, it's so ironic he's called the Incredible Gonzo because he's never successful at anything he does. And I love it. I think I really like his outfits. He has just such lengths to plan it out and the trick and how he explains it. I'm going to go through the ring of fire and land on the couch. And then he moves his head wrong and then he can't see and nothing goes correctly. It's, yeah. Yep. It's very funny. Oh my goodness. So the, I, didn't, I, it was not one of my favorite movies. No. Some of my favorite things she talked about, Swedish, the Swedish chef, mm-hmm. the Muppets, it, animal is hilarious. I love Rizzo. <laughs> He's so funny. Yes. Miss Piggy spying on Kermit was hilarious. I did love to see, I did love to see Miss Piggy and Joan Rivers at the beginning because mm-hmm. Miss Piggy actually had like a mental breakdown and we actually got to see it. Mm-hmm. Normally she tries to like, she'll start having a mental breakdown. She's like, wait, Mm-hmm. like composes herself it's like no this time she actually had yes true breakdown and it was so funny mm-hmm. but when it comes to everything else I'm like I I think they could have done better I think they should have mm-hmm. broke the fourth wall I agree I think the premise of them trying to get this play like going I'm like it doesn't fit with the rest of the Muppet movies because they've already technically done mm-hmm. two movies yeah it doesn't go along with the storyline of them even like meeting each other. Like it mm-hmm. just felt weirdly placed and weirdly written. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why I agree. I don't have much to say about it. It's just, yeah. that's my thing. No, that's why I was trying to pick out things I liked about it, but yeah, it's definitely lower on my rewatch list. It's not, mm-hmm. not one of my favorites. And then to me too, like the, when they do their performance and the whole wedding thing at the end, I just, I think part of me was I didn't really understand how it tied into the the musical. It just seemed sort of shoehorned in. It didn't. Yeah, it was very cool to see the Muppets together again in the Mm -hmm. church, makeshift church. But yeah, I just wasn't really feeling it. And Kermit losing his like memory because he got hit by a bus. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. If a frog, even a Muppet frog, Mm -hmm. got hit by a bus boy wouldn't survive i know i <laughs> when he got hit oh god this is terrible when he got hit ravi goes is he dead <laughs> and i was just like it's a muppet movie no he's not dead <laughs> but it did kind of make me laugh because in reality yeah homeboy would not have survived that like it just it just made no sense to me. this movie made no sense to me whatsoever yeah there's a lot of random plot holes and I think what confused me too was they had no money okay and then Kermit's working in this diner which you can't really be making that much money at the diner yeah but then the sets I understand they had an investor but the costumes and the sets I'm like there's no way this kid has that much money because he's not an actual producer he's the son and for them to do it in a week I'm just like what it seemed like a lot of things well, happened. He's, he said that his dad was giving him everything. Yeah, but it just seemed like a lot of things happened to get it done. Considering they spent half their time looking for Kermit, 
you know, and true. to make the costumes Very and get true. them fitted and, and uh, you know, Jenny or whatever, she's yeah. just like magically great at making these, I don't know, the whole thing just seems a little... Again, that's where, this is my turn to tell you, it's a Muppet movie, don't think too hard about it. I know, you're not supposed to. <laughs> All right, before we go down a deeper trail of trying to figure out these Muppet movies, I'm going to end us. Thank you so much for listening today. I want to know what your thoughts are on some of these Muppet movies. Like, do you like the original? Do you like the caper? Do you like Take Manhattan and want to prove us wrong on why it's actually good, even though it's not? Um, sorry, it's not. Comment below or wherever you can comment instagram what whatever but speaking of instagram follow us on all our social medias instagram facebook youtube come check us out sammy has been doing a great job on our instagram and social media i've been kind of mia because of you know life and and things going on so bravo sammy thank you thank you you're welcome where else can they find us limitlessbroadcasting.com you can find info about all of the shows we produce besides this one. Patreon account link is on there as well. Your donations are always appreciated. And if you donate a certain amount, you can hang out with us, which is super cool. Yes. And another box. I think at the bottom is where it was in the atmosphere, so we're going to see at the bottom. And Robbie wanted me to tell all of you to make sure that when you find us on your podcast platform, that you also make sure you rate and review us. To help us out as well so please do that please thank you so much guys come back next week as we talk about the other three main movies from the before the the 90s era 90s and before era yes i guess that's what you want to call it Mm -hmm. before the big break Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. bye 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 Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins, Sammy and Ashley. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.